Well, good morning to all of you. My name is Rob, and uh, I'll be preaching this morning. Just so grateful to God to, to be able to, to minister to my church family this morning through the preached word. Uh, Pastor Paul, he is, uh, he's away this week, but he will be back next Sunday, and uh, he will be uh, picking up our, our Genesis series uh, next Sunday on the 12th. And, and we, just like Pastor Scott said, we've been taking a, a bit of a hiatus, a two-week hiatus between our Advent series and our Genesis series, focusing on the prayer and word. And, and, and today what we want to do is just continue just acknowledging the importance of God's word in our life, but also really call us to a place of understanding that through worshiping God through his word, what we have available to us through it. Now, when we think of the prayer and the word... When we go to God's word itself, we, we see examples of how the prayer, that prayer and word, they're so intimately related in the Bible. And how through the Christian experience, we experience this reality of, of how the prayer and God's word relate to us. Just a couple of examples. In Psalm 119, verse 36, we see that the psalmist says, he says, "...incline my heart to your testimonies." The psalmist is praying that, that he would want to read and meditate on God's word. He also prays in verse 18, he says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. So he's praying that he would see wonders in the scripture. Do you ever pray that? We're seeing how the prayer and the word are, are, are intertwined here. A couple more quick examples. The apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, it says something very familiar. He says, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. So take the Word and pray. Paul goes on to say also in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says, Pray for us that the Word of the Lord may speed ahead and, and be honored. And what Paul is doing, he's praying that, that the word would break through and, and triumph ahead of him in his ministry. And so I'm giving you these examples today just to really see how these two weeks fit together. And I, I desire that as we, as we uh, close this week out on the word, that what we're taking with us is that the importance of, of prayer in our life, as Pastor Paul mentioned last week, as we incorporate the word in our life, that these two things work hand in hand to draw us closer to God to worship him, and to serve one another. And just like Pastor Scott said earlier, we, we will have corporate prayer time this Thursday. I invite you to join it. Bring your family. Just really invite you to be a part of something special that we can worship God together. But today what I want to do is, is focus, I want to focus on the importance of God's word in our lives. Maybe on one hand you're thinking, okay, this is something, all right, familiar. I, I understand that, the, that God's word is important. I should read it. I should apply it to my life. But I think sometimes we need to go back and be inspired by Scripture itself as to why it is important we make God's word central to everything that we do, everything that we say, every aspect of our lives. Where we're going to park this morning is, is in First Thessalonians. We're going to be in chapter 2. And I'm going to read for us verses 13 through 16. And you can read along on the screen with me. 
In verse 13 it says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you brothers became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displeased God and opposed all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved so as always to fill up the measure of their sins. But wrath has come upon them at last. I want to primarily focus on verses 13 and 14. I want us to to wrap our hearts around the truths that we see in these two verses this morning. The title of this sermon this morning, and the title is, The Word of God at Work in You. The Word of God at Work in You. Now, there are many issues in life where it is acceptable to remain neutral. Your position on the issue doesn't matter one way or the other. Or maybe you take a neutral stance when it comes to an opinion. Don't want to get into the fray. So I'll stay over here. I'm good. But here's the thing. This is not the case when it comes to the Christian life. There is no neutral in the Christian life. Standing still is not an option. We are either regressing in the faith or progressing. We're either losing stability or we're gaining maturity. We're either shrinking or we're growing in our faith. So the all-important question then here at the start of, of the new year is, is this. It's like we, we want to grow, right? I mean, I, I want to grow in my relationship with Christ. I want to grow closer to God. I want to grow in trusting the promises of what he affords me through Christ. I want my faith to grow. And I'm sure you do too. We don't want to regress or fall back or be carried away or lose our position of security or stability. Rather, we want to grow in the grace of Christ and increase in the knowledge of God and grow in knowing him. I think we can all share in this desire together. But I want to dive into, like, what is, what is the key to this growth in our lives? The key is this. The key is that the growth of our faith, it's in the living and abiding words of God in the Bible with the gospel of Jesus Christ at the heart and center. Now, the main point I want to go back to over and over again in this sermon is this. Is the main point is this. Let the word of God be at work in you. Let the word of God be at work in you. We'll talk in a minute about how to do this, what this looks like. But I want to unpack from this scripture that we just read. I want to unpack these three observations that can help undergird our desire to see God in his word. Open our eyes to the work that he's doing in our lives so that we can see how he has been faithful to us. And you see, as we do this, our, our faith grows. Our desire to be with God grows. Our desire to be with him in his word grows. And that's what I desire for us this morning, to be encouraged and to be pointed to this greater desire of knowing God through his word. 
Now, what we find in 1 Thessalonians is we find an incredible church. This is most likely the earliest letter that we have from Paul. We can find the backstory back in Acts chapter 17 where we see the, the fruits of the ministry of both Paul and Silas and their preaching of the gospel in Thessalonica. Just after a month of ministry in this church, in this area, many Jews and Greeks were converted and the very first church in this area was established. Amazing. But as this happened, this church immediately experienced persecution. Intense persecution from their countrymen, from their fellow brother and sister. So much that eventually Paul and Silas had to flee the city. But what we find in this letter is we find an attempt from Paul to reconnect with the church, to reconnect with them and and celebrate the fact that based on a report from Timothy, that the church was, was actually doing more than okay. They were, despite the intense persecution, this church was flourishing. And Paul was writing this letter to them to, to commend them in their faith, to encourage them to persevere, and to celebrate with them the work of God and his word in their lives. Paul is celebrating with them. What we see from this scripture and what we're going to unpack here is that we see that they're flourishing, that this church is flourishing. It's rooted in their faithfulness to Jesus. And that their faithfulness is rooted in their response to the word of God and the word of God at work in them. Many things to celebrate with this. And so as we go through these three observations I want, to, I want this to undergird, to, to really help you worship God in a way that, that you are seeing that he is at work in your life, that his word is at work, drawing you to him, growing you, building your faith. And I pray that your desire grows to be with God in his word. So the first observation we see here in this passage is this. We see that the Thessalonians, they accepted Paul's word, Paul's preached word to them of the gospel. They accept it at God's, as God's very word. What they heard from Paul, what they heard preached to them, they heard with their ears, but in their hearts they accepted and believed that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior that they needed Jesus Christ in their lives and that they should turn from their ways of worshiping idols and turn to Christ and turn to God and follow him. And what we see here is there's, there's two workings here. There is, there is a receiving, there is a, a hearing of this church's, their ears. They are, they are hearing the message, but their hearts are responding to this truth they are hearing And their heart is changed. Their heart is made alive. And their hearts are oriented to the gospel. So what we're seeing is that the receiving, it's it's a result of, of man's work. The words that Paul spoke to them. The apostolic message he brought to them from Christ that that they are in need of a Savior. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit working and acting upon their hearts to ignite this truth in their lives. 
And this is what Paul is celebrating, their acceptance and belief of Jesus Christ. And we see this in verse 4 of chapter 1, where Paul says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction, with full conviction. So again, as Paul was preaching, uttering the words and truths of the scriptures, uttering the words of Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit is active and acting on the hearts of the, of the people in Thessalonica, and they are converted. So simply, what does it mean that they accepted? It means they believed. And Paul is calling them believers now precisely because they accepted his word as God's word. How is this possible? It's because God acted. The Holy Spirit was present and at work in the hearts of these believers. Can you for a minute just be reminded of you coming to the place of realizing that the truth of the gospel that applies to you, that you are in need of a Savior, and that your heart is responsive to this truth, and that you are oriented to the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Can I encourage you this morning that that belief, that acceptance was an act of God in your life, awakening your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is a good and wonderful thing. But in what I'm trying to get to this morning, that we want to let the Word of God be at work, how do we apply this today? How do we, how do we allow ourselves to be strengthened and be renewed Well, let's think about this, the Word of God. Karl Barth, a theologian, he talks about the Word of God being administered in in, in a threefold form. He refers to the Word as God's Word. He refers to the written Word, the Scriptures, the words of the prophets, the words of the apostles, the words of Jesus Christ himself that we have today with us, that we can read, that we can have applied to our life. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we see this truth that Paul speaks. He says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The Word of God that we read this morning, this is God-breathed. This has been given to us by Him Himself. And it's living, it's active. Karl Barth also refers to the preached word, the gospel. Romans 1.16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. When the gospel is proclaimed, God is at work through the Holy Spirit enacting that word to be alive in our hearts, enacting that word so that it brings life to those who are believing in it, for those who are seeking God, for those who are in a place of just desperate need of salvation, desperate need of Christ. When the gospel truth is proclaimed, God is at work in this truth. Can you remember the first time you heard the message of the gospel? The first time that your heart awakened to that? The third way and I think the most beautiful and glorious, is the revealed word. God revealing the word through Jesus Christ, his son. 
because of the revealed word, because of Jesus Christ, we hear these truths found in Scripture that he spoke. In John, in John 1.14, we see the, the basis of this truth that in the, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth undergirding the truth that God has revealed himself, revealed the word, his word, through his son, Jesus Christ. And then Jesus is in his ministry going on to say, we find in John 14, 6 through 7, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus revealing these truths to those who heard it and revealing this truth to now through God's written word to us. In John 14, 3, Jesus also said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. The promise of a Savior, the promise of a loving Savior that we will be with him forever. How is this possible? Because of the words he said in John 19, verse 30, when he said, It is finished. It is finished. His work, his sacrifice, his work on the cross, sin was defeated. Death was defeated. The very words of Christ giving us the foundation of this truth of what his mission was on this earth and what God did through him. And you see, this is what I'm talking about, the word of God being preached by Paul to the church in Thessalonica. The the church responding. Their faith responding. And what we see here, as we look at the whole passage, we we see that the response, the response of the people was twofold. We We had some that were receiving and accepting the truth of what was preached to them. We also had some that were rejecting the truth. Those who were rejecting the truth were the ones who were persecuting the believers in the church. And these have eternal consequences. And we have to hear this truth that that your response to the word of God has eternal consequences. Are you believing in Christ this morning? Are you believing in the truth that you are in need of salvation and that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for your sins and that he is alive today and that in him, your faith in him gives you life? everlasting. Back in my youth days, way back when, not too far, but way, we did a thing where in the streets of Miami where I grew up, we would go out in the neighborhoods and and evangelize, all right, teenagers going out in the streets of of Miami. I remember going in Hialeah and just like knocking on doors, and and we had a a leader that would come into the church, and he led this ministry called uh, Young Ambassadors for Christ, and that was like our retreat weekend. We'd spend time together. We would be encouraged in the word. And then on Saturday, we'd spend the whole day just knocking on doors and evangelizing. And as you can imagine, there was, there was many responses, all right? Honestly, I was always afraid to do that, okay? I'll just put that on the, on the table. But I wasn't alone. But God, through his grace, gave us strength to do so. And we, and we would... You know, it wasn't the adults leading the way. They purposely made the teenagers lead the way, which I think is good. And knock on the door. Start talking about Christ. 
as you can imagine, door slammed in your face. Anger, ridicule, being made fun of. Makes sense. But yet there were, there were some, there were those who just received what was being told to them about the good news of Jesus. There were some who, who were, there, you can tell their hearts were activated by the, by, the, by the power of the Holy Spirit and that what they were hearing was the word of God. There were also some who were believers in that they were greatly encouraged to be prayed for and to be read scriptures to. And, and the point I'm making here is that, that, that God works in this way. And where do you stand with the truth of the gospel? Do you love Christ? Do you follow Christ? Do you know the, the message of the gospel? Believer, where do you stand today? Is your faith strong this morning? Where do you lack faith this morning? What trial are you suffering through during this season? Well, my encouragement to you is that the Word of God is at work in you. The Word of God is at work in you. Can you testify to what this work is? You know, as I studied this, this scripture and, and prepared this week, I had to really ask myself this question. I mean, I do believe that the word of God is at work in my life, but can I stand and testify as to what that work is? I had to be reminded. I had to dig into his word. I had to go in prayer before God and just be made alive and reminded of the truth of what he's doing. And so if you are at a place this morning where your faith is weak, where you feel where you feel in despair, you're suffering through things that are very, very hard to explain. You don't know what the way out is. I just give you encouragement of God's word is that his word is at work in you. And this is what the Apostle Paul was celebrating with the church. So observation two is this. The word of God was at work in the Thessalonians. And we see this in verse 13. Again, God acted to cause them to welcome the word into their lives. Now, the word itself was living and active in them. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is living and active in you. We see that the effect of this is that this work, the work of the word in the believer was changing their lives and it was also changing lives of others. In verses 8 through 10 of chapter 1, Paul acknowledges this. He says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. And what we see here is that the work of the word and the life of the church in Thessalonica, as they responded, the news spread that they were being, that was people being converted, that the good news of Christ was being proclaimed and, and, and the church was growing. And Paul celebrates this and even acknowledges, he says, when we went to minister, as, as Paul was traversing Macedonia, 
And he went to the different regions and he would proclaim Christ. He was met with the news that we have already heard this news. We heard the news of the work you did in the life of the church in Thessalonica. And we welcome what you have to say. And so the reason I bring this up to you is to acknowledge the work of God in your life. Celebrate it. But also acknowledge that the work he's doing in your life will affect others. That your testimony of what God has done in your life, God will use to glorify himself, to bring people to Christ, and grow his kingdom. When we have our baptism class for our youth, we talk a lot about the testimony. We also talk about what baptism is, why you should get baptized. We spend a lot of time on preparing the testimony. It takes a while. It's not easy as you may think. You might think, yeah, testimony, I can do that. But when you start to think about it and, and go into it, it takes some time. But can I encourage you to do this? Reflect upon your testimony. Reflect upon the goodness of God. People need to hear the work that God has done in your life. There are people who need to hear the hope of Jesus Christ. And what God does wonderfully through a testimony is that he takes his truth, and as your story is applied and as your story is given, it gives credence to it. It gives real foundation to the belief that you have been changed through the power of the Holy Spirit and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not underestimate your testimony. Do not underestimate what God has done in your life. You may feel that your, what things have happened in your life are minor, that they don't apply to anybody, but I promise you, people are in need of hearing what God has done in your life. So the word of God was at work in the church. The third thing, I want us to see what the effect of this working of the word was. And Paul mentions this. And it's in the connection between verses 13 and 14. Toward the end of verse 13, he says, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers, going on to 14, for you brothers became imitators of the churches of God in Christ that are in Judea, for you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. You see, think about this. As, as the church in Thessalonica, as they were obedient and responded to the word of God, they were immediately met with opposition and persecution. I mean, they were doing the right thing. They were obeying what God had called them to do. But did that mean that they had all of a sudden just found a better way of life? Well, they did in Christ, but their way of life in that city became very hard. Can you relate to this? Are you in a place where you know that you are following and being obedient what God has called you to do, but you are experiencing great hardship through this? Can I encourage you, as, as Paul does the church here, that God is working through this suffering? And what is the effect? What is he working? What is the Holy Spirit working? We see that there is this joy in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of everything they're experiencing, intense persecution. Their beloved leader Paul and Silas being driven out of the city. They're left alone. But yet they have the joy of Christ.
Paul says this, and again, I'll read in verses 5 and 6. He says, Because our gospel came to you not only in, his, in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word of much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. With the joy of the Holy Spirit. You may ask yourself when you're in any, any given situation where it's hard, but yet you have this peace, you have this joy, you have this hope. It is the work of the Holy Spirit activating the promises of God in your life and pointing you to the truth of who Christ is in your life. God is at work in your life. The Holy Spirit was giving them joy and suffering by the work of the Word in their hearts and minds. A wonderful truth and reality. So what do you find yourself suffering through this morning? What is, what is the thing? What is the experience? My encouragement to you is to seek the Word of God and His promises there. And let the Word of God be at work in you. Let the Word of God be at work in you. So what are ways that we do this? What are ways that we let the Word of God be at work in us? Well, the first is we have to make time for the Word. Make time for the Word. Make time to be sitting under the preached Word of God. Make time to be in in the Word of God. We are at the new year, right? Y'all want some habits changed in your life? I do. Can I give you an incredible habit to change? Increase your time in the Word of God. What do you have to put aside in your schedule? What do you have to count the cost of so that you have time to be with God? Being here on Sundays, sitting under the preached Word of God, being in the Word, not only, t- not only by yourself, but in community with one another. Make time for this. On a real practical note, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but there is a, um, an organization, uh, the Bible Project. I encourage you to go online if you haven't read about them or see the work they produce, but an incredible, an incredible work that this organization is producing and ministry is producing is it's, it's bringing the Word of God to life through video, through creativity, but also really allowing it to really, really settle into your heart, into your minds in a wonderful rhythm. Do you need help like finding time? Do you need help to, to understand, okay, how can I make a schedule of reading the Bible? Don't be afraid to say you do, because I'm always struggling with this. In fact, this, this ministry, they have an app. It's called Read read the Bible, read scripture. It's great. And it's a wonderful way to allow yourself, allow your family to be centered around the word of God and to learn from it. The way we can let the word of God be at work in us is that we can memorize and meditate on the word. Memorize and meditate on the word. I know some of you are checking out. It's like, I always know I got to get in the word more. I got to meditate. I've heard this before. I'm going to say it again. 
I'm going to say it so that I hear it. Memorizing the word. When the, God, when the word of God abides in us, we have a tremendous advantage over sin and Satan. Are you struggling in your sin? Get into the word and memorize the promises of God. Jesus himself put Satan to flight every time in the wilderness by quoting memorized scripture. That was his weapon. It was the sword of the spirit, the word of God. The memorizing of scripture helps you to meditate on scripture. Helps you meditate on the word. From all the scripture that you may read in the morning, memorize it. Write things down. And let what you write down, what God reveals to you in that verse, the verse itself, let it be the focus of your meditation all day long. Come back to it again and again, related to all that you do. This is very hard in our culture. One of the things I'm trying to do in my family is, is really establish rhythms of, of, of liturgy, rhythms of, of applying and being in worship of God throughout the day, no matter what it applies to. I'm finding that the, the basis of, of letting Scripture, basis of me meditating upon what it says, as I do that, God just opens my eyes to everything that it applies to. Scripture applies to all of life, and I encourage you to dive into this. Make time for this. The final application here is this. Let the Word, let the word of God be at work in you by ministering the Word to others. Be a minister of the Word to others and to who God brings into relationship with you. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So speak, speak the word to people. Speak it so that they can be helped in the fight of their faith. And this really points back to what the importance of memorizing and meditating on scripture is. It's important to store up the word of God in your mind and heart if you want to be able to minister to people and to help them fight their daily faith, their fight of faith. I'll speak from my own experience. When I am suffering, when I am afraid, I need people to speak and minister the word to me. I need the truth of the word in my life. When I'm frightened, when I'm angry, when I'm suffering, give me the word of God. That's what I ask for. That's what I encourage you to think upon and desire and ask for. The word of God in your life. And as your faith is built, as you are strengthened through this, look for people who need to be ministered to. Look for people who need their faith lifted by the truth of the word of God. Minister to one another, giving each other the word of God. So my prayer for this year, for all of us, is that we will welcome the Bible as the Word of God, that we will embrace it as more precious than anything else, and as an expression of that embrace and as a means to that embrace that we would make time for it, we would memorize it extensively and meditate on it day and night and minister with it to sustain each other's faith for all of glory, for all the glory of God. Let this be your foundation this year. And let the word of God work in your life this year. Let's pray.